Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. Today, I'm just going to get right to it because I have a bunch of shit I need to get done. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try, I always say, I'm going to try and make this short and sweet, but I really, really, really mean it. So, okay. Today's episode is going to be called, Do You Accept the Charges? Do you accept the charges? So let me drop into where the inspiration for this podcast came from. If you guys know me, I really love to give credit where it's due and to do shout outs and love shout outs of appreciation. And so this is, this is what happened. So it was a combination of several things. So this is often what, Hey, I'm gonna hold up my little sign spiritual team on the job. If you guys don't watch the show, if you only listen, you can't see me holding up a little sign spiritual team on the job. Um, this is what usually happens with a podcast episode is that spiritual team kind of like drops a little something in my head and then I'll see something and then I'll hear something and then I'll remember something. And then it's like the story just whoop, comes together. <laughs> so that's what happened. So I'm, I'm going to hit this, this concept from a few different angles, right? Do you accept the charges? Um, and here's the deal. So yeah, uh, yesterday or the day before I posted something on uh, Instagram, on social media, and it was something that I was resharing. So the original graphic was not mine. It was from um, First Know Thyself, which if you guys don't follow them, go check that out. Um, so First Know Thyself is the one who posted this. And I'm going to hold it up for you guys so you can see it. So those of you who are watching at home, well, it probably shows up backwards to you, right? But this is what this says. No one else is supposed to understand your calling. It wasn't a conference call. <laughs> All right. When I first heard that, I thought this is fucking brilliant. And uh, I always share with accreditation. Um, but here's the deal. I'm going to read it again. No one else is supposed to understand your calling. It wasn't a conference call. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so good for so many reasons, right? So. I'm trying to figure out like which doorway, like which uh, I want to come in to, to expand on this. So first of all, I see this and I love it because they're not talking about like, oh, I just got an idea to make money or, oh, um, I just like, oh, whatever. You know, people are always going quote unquote divine download, whatever. Like sometimes, yes. A lot of the times it was just like, oh, I needed to make money and I fucking came up with a plan. <laughs> But here's the thing about callings. The very aspect of it is I feel called to do this thing, not I initiated the idea. See, this is the difference. One is I came up with something, I had the plan, and now I'm trying to make it work here in human land versus, 
oh, something greater than me, something beyond me. And whether you call that God source, your inner teacher, your spiritual team, whatever, whatever it is that you kind of relate to in the spiritual realm, right? Something is calling you to do these things, which means it didn't originate like with you. It's that you're answering uh, the call. <laughs> so it's like so important. And so um, when I posted this, right? No one else is supposed to understand your calling because it wasn't a conference call. What I said about it is this. I said, your divine assignment has been given to you, right? I'm like, it wasn't given to somebody else. Your divine assignment was given to you. So when spirit makes a collect call to your heart, are you going to accept the charges? And it made me just crack up laughing because I remember when I used to have um, my TV show. So some of you may or may not know this, that I've been a yoga teacher for over 20 years. And one of the things that I wanted to do when I first became a yoga teacher is I was so like um, excited about it, right? I mean, I, had, I, I first was introduced to yoga back when I was like 19, like young, but I didn't become a yoga teacher until like officially, like officially. I, I started teaching before I was certified, but in 2001, um, I officially got my certification, but I had been teaching beyond that already. But when I got it, I was so thrilled and I just wanted to help people. And, and I understood anew, especially coming up as a kid, a blue collar kid who had a lot of times in my life did not have money. Um, there were th times when I needed something, but maybe I couldn't at the time um, afford it or couldn't find a way to make it work. So I always like to try and find ways to um, be of service and to help my brothers and sisters for whatever reason. So I, I, I got called, literally, I felt called to start doing the yoga show with Karen. So I started doing a TV show on local access cable TV, right? So think like Wayne's World, excellent, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I found out about Konkin TV, back then it was CCTV. Um, and I reached out to them and I said, hey, would you guys be interested in me coming on and like doing a yoga show type of a thing? And that show ran for 13 years and it was one of their most popular shows. And it's how I started getting known as being called the yoga lady. <laughs> so, you know, I'd go out in public at a grocery store, I'd be doing stuff and people would be looking at me weird. You know, like when somebody's trying to place you, but it's out of context and they're like, how the fuck do I know you? Right. And they'd come up to me. And they'd be like, do I know you? And I would always say this, well, do you live in Concord? These are the questions I would ask them. Do you live in Concord? And they'd say, yeah. I said, do you have cable access? And they'd go, oh my God, it's the yoga lady, right? So the show was really popular, but it was also wicked popular with the um, local prisoners. <laughs> so the, 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 the show was piped into over 15,000 like homes and businesses and institutions, right? In the Concord area and the prison was one of them. And so um, these guys are very resourceful, very resourceful. They used to write me a lot. They would write me letters a lot and they would say all kinds of things to me. Like you give new meaning to the word soothing, which <laughs> I can't even... <laughs> So one of the things I always used to say, and I still say to this day is when I have to do something or somebody says something, maybe that's not nice, but I always go like this. That is so not soothing. That's what I would always say. That is so not soothing. And so they would write to me and talk to me about the word soothing, but 
Then they crossed the line. Then they started calling my house collect, right? And I would literally like bring, bring, and I'd like pick up the phone and they'd say, you have a collect call from Concord Correctional, blah, 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 blah. Do you accept the charges? And I'd always be like, no. And like, and I basically had to find a way to get my phone number blocked from like the prison channels because <laughs> I didn't want people oh, calling me at home. So that was a whole other thing. So here's the thing. I would like not accept the charges in that case. But when it comes to the calling of a hat, when it comes to the divine assignment, and this is what I always say. So I was, I was lucky enough recently to be invited in to be a guest teacher um, in an entrepreneurial program. So uh, my friend Jessica Chazakis has something called Course Creation School. And it's really amazing. And she helps people walk through a 12-week course of creating their course and putting it out into the world. And she realized that at like week eight of the, the, the 12 weeks, week eight is when people start to get a little squirrely because this is the time when they're about to like take action, right? And um, and that's when people start to freak out. And that's when I'm actually really helpful to people is when people start to get up in their stuff, when they start to get spiritually stuck, when they start to get stuck in the stories that they're telling themselves about themselves or their, their potential audience or clients and putting themselves out there in the world and using their voice and right, like all the spiritual mentoring stuff that I've been doing for, for so long, like this is where my strength lies. And Jessica was like smart enough to say like, hey, I can't really help them with this part. I can help them with the structure. I can help them with the strategy. I can help them with building it, but I'm not the one who's going to help them with this part, right? Because a lot of times what people are dealing with in that is they're bumping up against their own history, their own story, their trauma, their, um, their self-beliefs, right? So th there's a lot that is happening there. I'm not going to go into all of it, but she was smart enough to say, that just sounds really arrogant. Well, she was smart enough to call me. But what I mean is she was smart enough to know what was hers to try and be helpful with and where she needed help. And she just said, I, I asked myself, who do I know that can do this? And she's like, Karen. And so she invited me in to be a guest teacher. And it was amazing. The reason why I'm telling you all of this, there's always a reason, right? I sometimes take the long path, but there's a reason why. And we're back. Why I'm telling you all this is one of the things that they were bumping up against is kind of like, it's very common. People think, well, who am I to do this thing? And I always kind of come in and say to them, you know, um, look, what, and I ask them all, okay, so what is your course about? What is your course about? And they, it's like amazing. Like one woman was like, I've lost like 120 pounds. I did it like over 50. These are the things that I learned. Another woman is like, I help nurses and people who are burnt out who need to like take care of themselves while they're doing care of others. I'm like, this is amazing. And everybody had all these different courses. And I'm like, you guys, look, I go, I go, who, so I was like playing with them a little bit in a fun way, a friendly way. And I said, okay, who got the assignment to do the thing on weight loss? Was it me or was it you? And they're like me. And I just went down the line. I'm like, okay, who got the assignment to do the thing with the nurses or the whatever me. And I'm like, yeah, I did not get that call. That calling came to you. You've been called and the divine is not stupid. It knows who to pick. I'm like, don't worry. You're not going to get an assignment that you can't probably handle, right? Like you probably have the skill set and the know-how and the ability and the tenacity and the resiliency. Like you are stronger than you give yourself credit for, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, look, you have to understand you've been called like on the bat phone. 
right? Like collect call from spiritual team, collect call from source. Are you going to answer the call? And I know if you're a regular listener, you've probably heard me talk about this before, but there used to be some game show and I, I don't even, I don't even know who was the game show host. I don't know who ran the friggin' thing. Here's what I know is once in a while I would hear in the background this, do you accept the challenge? Right. And it used to make me laugh so hard. And so when there are times when I feel like I'm bumping up against my own fear, when there are times when I feel like I'm being asked to do something and I'm getting anxious and my nervous system because of childhood trauma or whatever is like, like, like going like, Oh, right. I, I, I try to be gentle with myself. Of course, I try to be nice and kind to myself because I'm learning to get better at that all the time is what can my nervous system actually handle? What feels good to say yes to, right? Like not just always forcing myself to do things that's literally scare the shit out of me, right? Hello, IBS. That's a whole other story for another day. But so I said to these, these, these beautiful people like, hey, you got this calling, you got this assignment. How about we trust that? And, and I shared some other things with them too. So what I'm trying to say to you guys is like, like look, it came to you. And back to the point is like, so like if something is calling your hat, how, how can we possibly say no to that? Well, we can say no to it, but I say what often happens is it leads to suffering. And if we say no to the thing that really calls to us creatively, artistically, uh, to be in service to, and instead we go, no, 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 I'm just going to try and go do the thing that's going to make me money only. I'm like, do you know how many fucking unhappy rich people I know? <laughs> do you know how many people I know who like went for the material stuff, but their soul feels so unfulfilled? And it's like, oh yeah, you get all the shiny shit, but you're over here like crying, crying on your, your fucking $5,000 watch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, it's a really fascinating thing. But here's the thing. No one else is supposed to understand your calling. First, know thyself says, because uh, it wasn't a conference call. And this piece, this second piece, it wasn't a conference call. Let's dive into that juicy nugget. Cause, uh, and I don't even really like the word juicy. <laughs> the only time I like to see the word juicy is like juicy fruit gum. <laughs> but I think it's a really uh, rich Let's use that word instead. I think it's a really rich thing, that one little line. It wasn't a conference call. And it made me think of my sweetie. And so you guys may or may not know, I am married to a professional musician who is a multi-instrumentalist, which means he plays multiple instruments. He's also a singer. He's a songwriter. He is a producer. So my sweetie will all of a sudden like get an idea like in his noggin, right? Like in his head and whether that he wakes up or he's noodling around on the guitar or whatever, and he plays a riff and it's like, hmm. Now this has happened several times since we've been together where all of a sudden he'll be like, I got some ideas and he'll go and disappear into the basement, into his recording studio. And then he'll be down there. I mean, obviously he comes up to eat, sleep and like do his gigs or whatever he was doing, but he would literally go down there for like weeks or whatever, right? Each day down there and I'd hear music coming up through, you know, the vent back there and whatever. And, and you know, he would reemerge with a whole fucking album. And I'd be like, what just happened that you just wrote, recorded, played all the instruments on? I'm talking like guitar, bass, keyboards, mandolin, drums, like he tracked it in his like friggin' like, like 
all of it. He produces it. He sound engineers it, right? And all of a sudden he shows up and he has like produced a whole album. And here's my point. He doesn't come upstairs and say to me, hey, do you, do you, do you like this? Hey, um, do, do you get this? Does this sound good to your ears? Like, you know, he doesn't ask for, he doesn't need my input, <laughs> right? Because it came to him. It was not up for negotiation. It wasn't a conference call. He got the assignment and he answered the call. And whether you call that God, whether you call that uh, divine intelligence, whether you call it source or spirit or spiritual team or the muse or inspiration, I never get hung up on what you think the source of the thing is. What you call it, name it, where it comes from. Doesn't hang me up at all. What I love is that people take action on these inspirations of the heart, the divine intelligence, the whisper that they get, the idea, whatever it is. But not once did he ask me, do you like this? Is it okay that I'm doing this? One of the great gifts of living with a fellow creative is, you know, he'll say, what are you doing up there? And I'll say, I'm writing. And he just goes like this, okay. Because he knows how important that my writing is. He knows getting this first draft of this memoir and this book done is wicked important to me. It is one of the great callings of my heart. It is probably the most important thing to me. Uh, in my life, in terms of my output, like what I'm going to be sharing with the world. And, you know, it's, it's one of these things where it's like, nobody else has to like your calling. Nobody else has to get your calling. Nobody else has to approve of it. Nobody else has to give you fucking permission. And it reminds me of a story that my, um, my friend Kelsey Abbott, I had Kelsey on the show. If you haven't listened to that, go check that out. Uh, Kelsey is um, uh, a coach and an instigator of joy, but um, she's a, an amazing human design reader. And if you haven't um, had your human design thing done, go freaking go hit her up and pay her and get that sucker done. It's really amazing. And it really helps you to come to know yourself in, in, a, in a new, through a new lens. It's really fascinating. So she just did a whole podcast episode about how she had this idea and the idea was to start a podcast channel. And so not a podcast channel, a YouTube channel. She already has a podcast. She has her own podcast too, which I've been on too, um, called, uh, I think it's, uh, um, awesome. Um, um, find your awesome, find your awesome podcast. It's great. So, um, Kelsey had this idea to start a YouTube channel and she went to like her four closest people right? And I don't know who they were, whether it was her husband and her girlfriends. I'm not sure who the people were, but she said she went to her four closest people and she kind of breaks it down how she goes to the first person. She tells them her idea. She's all excited about it. And they're kind of like, meh. And she's like, huh. And then she goes to the next person and she's all excited about it. And they're like, yeah, I don't really get it. Like, why do you need to do this? You already have a podcast. And she goes down the line and she realizes Rather than getting discouraged, this is what I loved about the story. Here's the hot beat, the nugget of the story. Rather than getting discouraged, she realizes through her own human design that she is actually the kind of person that normally has an idea before the rest of the world is ready for it. Or at least the rest of the people in her little world are ready for it. So she has like this ability to have foresight for herself and she trusted it. So you know what she did? She fucking started the YouTube channel. <laughs> 
And she realized like, oh, I don't need them to get it, to like it, to want it for me, whatever. I can just go ahead and do it because I don't know how, if she talked about it in this language, but I would talk about it like you had a spiritual assignment right? The assignment is alignment and the YouTube channel felt really in alignment for her. So she did it. And one of the things that I see that happens a lot, a lot, and whether you're somebody who's an entrepreneur or you're somebody, so let's just do that. I'll do the different ones, right? Somebody who's an entrepreneur and you get this idea and you're all excited uh, and you create a little program or whatever the thing is, and you put it out on social media and nobody likes it, nobody comments on it, nobody buys it. And you can immediately just feel shitty about that. And one of the things I always have to remind people is I'm like, okay, look, unfortunately, some people sometimes are just wicked busy. Maybe sometimes um, it's the algorithm of the thing. Like, please do not base your worth, your self-worth on how people respond to your social media posts. <laughs> like, please do not do that to yourself, right? Not, well, I mean, I think I, I probably aggravate the shit out of marketing people in my life because even when... I paid a ton of money like to be in and, and I get, look, ton of money is relative, but it was a lot. It was like five, over five figures. Okay. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like five figures to be a part of this um, business coaching program, which I loved and I learned so much, but it would always be like, you need to go out and verify and do your market research and find out what people want from you because their, their point of view, a marketer's point of view, or somebody who's teaching it. So I'm not saying you should do what I do. Trust me. I'm just saying this is what I do. They'll always say you should verify your idea. You should take your idea to market and do a beta test. You should find out if people actually want this because why put all this time and energy into a thing to put it out there to just find out there's no bearing for it. Like nobody wants it. And I have never once, like I don't create that way. I get a divine assignment, right? I get a call to my hat or a really strong idea, whatever you want to call it. And I'll just be like, okay, spiritual team is on the job. They gave me some word impressions. That's what I call it. I get word impressions in my head and I'm like, okay, they want me to do this. I'm going to do it. It doesn't mean I don't talk to a friend about it and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I, I'm not sure how to bring this to market, whatever. But I don't, it, it, and look, maybe I would be so much, like I would be so much more rich. Is that how, how rich? Maybe I would be rich. I'm not, uh, I'm rich in a lot of ways, but my bank account is not <laughs> the strongest one, but we're getting there and we're building it, right? Growing all the time. But what I'm trying to say is I don't, um, go out and do a lot of market research. I trust that my spiritual team has given this assignment to me. And then I get to decide, am I going to accept the charges? They're calling me collect and saying, go do this. So I'm not going to turn around and ask 15 other people. Do you think this is okay? Do you think I should do this? Um, it, Cause they'll get, know what they're going to say to me. They're going to use strategic, logical thinking. And they're going to say to me, well, does the market want this? Have, has your ideal client been telling you they need this? I don't ever look at that that way. I'm not saying I couldn't get better at market research, but that's not what excites me. I'm not looking for somebody else's permission because I answer to a higher authority. Again, I'm not saying take my advice <laughs> for business, 
But I am saying, take the advice that if something springs up in your heart and it piques your curiosity, or if it makes you go, hmm, or you start to get excited, listen to the energy of your body. Don't just stay from the neck up in your intellect. Drop into the wisdom of your body where your intuition lives. Become embodied and enthusiastic and empowered with the idea that you have been given a divine assignment that nobody else can answer. It is your call. It wasn't a conference call. It came to you. Collect. And do you, do you accept the challenge, right? Do you accept the charges of what has been brought to you? And, and that's the thing, you know, because one of the other things that I see now, let's, let's hit it from a creative and a, and, and a writing angle, or those of you who are trying to find your voice. One of the worst things that you can do when you're working on a new project, right? First of all, let me say this. You got to know who you can trust with the tender parts of your heart. When you're creating or writing a book or writing an essay or doing something that with words, right? Or with your voice and you say to somebody, Hey, I, I want to show you this thing or, da, 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 or can you read this for me or whatever, man, have you better be wicked fucking careful. Like you better do your homework about who you can show things to because like you need a fellow creative who first of all, understands how to give helpful feedback. There's a lot of people who don't know how to. And also a lot of times you could create something just glorious and magnificent and remarkable. But the people in your world, right? If you haven't listened to the episode where I talk about how Jesus could not perform miracles in his own hometown, it's because the people around him did not have the creative capacity to see him for the son of God that he was. They just saw him as like, oh, the bum down the street who's a carpenter with his hammer and his nails, right? Like they could not see who he really was. And I saw a lot of that in my own life in my younger years, right? People could not except that somebody that they knew as ordinary could actually be creating something that's extraordinary. And they, they will try to not on purpose, sometimes on purpose, but because of their own lack of imagination, you try to share this calling of your heart with them. And whether it's through your words or, or something you've created music, dance, art, whatever it is, and they don't actually know how to receive it. And they don't know how to re reflect back to you the genius of it. They don't know how to like give feedback in a loving way. So they'll tear you down. Like, you know, that old analogy about like the crabs in the pot, like how they're like a crab tries to escape a boiling pot and the other crabs will like pull it back down. And so it's, and I hate that whole analogy. I hate animals being boiled at all. Um, so I'm going to have to start to come up with better things. But I think it's like people, people often don't want you to get better than them, right? So they like try and keep you small. And so you'll, you'll go to share something with them and they won't get it or they don't like it. And it is one of the things that I have seen that stops writers and creative people in their track is that they get something that they're so happy about and excited about and they want to share. And then somebody's like response is lukewarm like piss water. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it just sucks all the joy, sucks all the joy out of the moment. So the call is coming to you. Nobody else has to like it, get it, understand it, want it, whatever. So if you're going to share things that are new and tender and are trying to take root and grow, you better not hang out with the people whose job it is to just weed. 
You know what I mean? The people are just going to come in and rip it like, because they're not going to be able to see this fledgling thing that's going to turn into this amazing flower or tree or whatever. They're just going to mistake it for a weed. They don't know how to treat it tenderly. They don't recognize it. And especially if they're not somebody who's also fill in the blank, an entrepreneur or a writer or somebody who's trying to do big and new and scary things in the world. So this is just kind of like a little letter from my hat to yours, right? About when the divine assignment comes to you, when, 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 when the call comes collect to you, are you going to accept the charges? Because it won't be without, like it costs. The creative life, the spiritual life, the entrepreneurial life, it costs us. And it can cost us in a lot of different ways. It costs us our time. It costs us our resources. It costs us time away from family sometimes because we're trying to serve at a greater level, right? We're trying to be impactful and helpful. And for me, it's not, I mean, the money is like, don't get me wrong. I work because I also want to make money. You know, I got bills, I got a roof, I, I want to save, I want to be able to give back generously, right? I have no problem. To me, money is just like, it's not about the money, it's what the money makes possible, right? And one of the things it makes possible is for me to be more generous <laughs> with other people and other causes and things that are important to me. But that's not what inspires me. Don't get me wrong, I like here and I'm going to get paid, because I know that I put in the time and the energy. At 52, I've done some fucking work. I deserve to get paid. And I don't say that in an entitled way. But if I have enough cash in the bank, it means I can do stuff for free. I can give stuff away, right? Like, so this is the whole thing. <clears throat> I don't know where I was going with that. I got and we're back. But here's what I'm trying to say. You know, some of us are trying to, to have um, great impact and to do it in a larger way. And so you want to make sure that you have around you other people who, who can support that, at least one person. And I'm trying to think of who it was. I think it, I'm trying to think of who the writer was, or maybe it was Lisa Nichols. I think it was Lisa Nichols. I could be getting this wrong, but the great orator and speaker, motivational speaker, Lisa Nichols, if you've never seen her speak, just Google her right now. She's fantastic. She's a fantastic storyteller. And I think she's talked about how her granny, her grandmother always had like a kind word for her. Like she would read her these things that she wrote and her grandmother just thought she was the bee's knees, the cat's meow, right? The cat's pajamas. And her grandmother encouraged her so much that she found, like I say, these are like your balcony people. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to, write it down. I hope you're taking notes. Write down, go listen to the balcony episode, uh, the balcony people episode, because uh, it is so powerful because you want those kind of people. When the call comes to your heart, you want to have another person perhaps that you can share it with who will share your excitement and enthusiasm. But even if you don't have one other person, what you do have is your spiritual team. What you do have is the knowing and the belief and the trust in yourself. And that's what my sweetie has right? I have a much greater trust in the divine, in my spiritual team, in Holy Spirit, in my inner teacher, with God, right? With my mom, with that guy. Like I have no doubt that I have a kick-ass like band of divine helpers and they're pretty rowdy. They're like where the wild things are rowdy, like, right? Like they've got my back. But what my sweetie has 
is incredibly deep. And he has a spiritual team and stuff too, whether or not he uses that language. But what he has is incredible trust and faith in his own self, in his skill set. And to, 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 to come full circle back to this, let's end on this note, right? It says, no one else is supposed to understand your calling. It wasn't a conference call. So even if you don't have human people in your life who get it, and I, trust me, I hear from so many people who are like, I'm the only entrepreneur in my family. Nobody else gets it. Nobody else gets me. And this is why finding a community is like so important. And this is why, you know, I created The Nest because there are so many people out there who wanted to find people who are like-minded, meaning that they were searching like spiritual seekers who are trying to do like deeper work and want to talk about these things. And they're like, nobody in my life, none of my regulars, right? Like none of my regular people like talk about this stuff in this way. It's not that important to them. So it can be like really, really important, right? To deepen your relationship to self, to source and to spirit. Again, the whole foundation of the nest and spiritual mentoring and this work that I do is to help people to cultivate these relationships because I know how often every day human beings, I'm like smacking my, like, yeah, us, us regular old human beings Man, we don't always mean to be, but sometimes we are so incredibly clumsy and we are short and impatient and short-sighted and we just don't get it. And we can really crush somebody's dreams. I can't tell you how many people I've known over the years that, that stopped using their voice, stopped writing, stopped having the dream of being a writer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because nobody else around them like got it. And this is why we have to go from the external sometimes to the internal. I think the internal work is numero uno because it's what's gonna make all the external work way easier. Doesn't mean it's gonna not still be difficult, but it's gonna be way easier than it would be if we're just relying from the outside in and expecting people to get us and to support us and to cheerlead us. And look, <laughs> you cannot put a number on the value of having balcony people, but sometimes it's just gonna be you and you. You and you who believes in your dream, who got the call and it came to you. And I think a lot about whether you believe in Jesus in a religious sense or not, that's not how I kind of like think of him, meaning being attached to any particular religion, Christian, Catholic, otherwise. I just think of Jesus as being a total embodiment of love, like a mythological creature in a way, right? Like a, a mystic. That's how I always think of Jesus. I'm like, he was like a mystic who just knew how to love the shit out of people, right? Like he didn't play any games. He didn't suffer any fools. Like Jesus knew what his one job was. And so if you don't think that there were times, I think to myself, how did he get through that? Like, how did he get through being like this heretic and this outcast who like traveled around and hung out with the prostitutes and the lepers and the hookers and, and bumped up against like the rich guys in town who were like trying to like tear, you know, other people down for not being whatever. And, and I just thought, man, what did Jesus had? He had total belief. What he had was nothing else but love. That's what he had, right? Like if he roamed around and he had a knapsack, the only thing in the knapsack, love. That's what, that's what did it. So he had a deep relationship to self, source, and spirit. And that's how he was able to go out. And what did they do? They crucified that motherfucker, like crucified him. 
again, I'm not like a Bible teacher. So I don't, you know, I hope you pick it up what I'm putting down. And like I said, I hope you can relate just from a story perspective. So listen, this is your calling. What has come to you is yours. And I really believe that if we don't follow the calling of our heart, if we're waiting for everybody else, like I said, again, to get it, to give us permission, to tell us it's a good idea, like to, to cheer us on. If we're waiting for everybody else to get the memo and to get on board, man, you just might wait your whole life. And that story might die with you. That dream might die with you. And that is just tragic. That would be tragic. So the question is, you guys, collect call to your heart has come in. Do you accept the charges? I hope you say yes. I hope you say yes. So you guys, I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you really enjoyed last week's episode with Brad Jensen. I was so excited to share him with you guys. And you guys, I have a couple of great guest calls coming up. I only do one a month, but the one that's coming up next month, oh, you guys, I got to talk to, to, to two remarkable people, but I'll talk about the first one first and I'll save the one. But Andre Norman, you guys do not want to miss this episode. Andre Norman has such an incredible story uh, that it's just going to blow your socks off. It, it's so remarkable. And, you know, um, it's, it's, it's worth talking about. Like I heard him speak out. You'll get the whole story, but let me just, I'm not even going to go into it. Let me just say this. You don't want to miss that episode. And there's also going to be a little special thing at the end of that episode that you also don't want to miss. So tune in to that sucker when it comes out next month, but thank you so much for being here. I hope this was helpful in some way. Uh, I always say my aim is to somehow either educate or ele elevate or enlighten uh, to bring some lightness, to bring some light, right? Um, to lighten up, to make things easier and, or to entertain. So I hope something, something that I shared with you today from my hat also landed in your hat. I appreciate you listening. Um, I love you. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. I celebrate you. Uh, I'm telling you right now, like, you know, I am, I'm in your corner cheerleading for you. <laughs> if that's, look, just know, just know that I trust that your spiritual team has a plan. And I hope that you are um, brave enough and courageous enough to answer the call and to uh, follow the plan. <laughs> so wherever you go, you guys, may you leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite part was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you wanna hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. 
I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.